Welcome to Education Matters, brought to you by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Marianne Wolf. The world around us is constantly changing, and so is the workforce. It is imperative that youth are afforded opportunities to learn by doing, build skills, connect with mentors, and prepare for the jobs of tomorrow. Today, STEM jobs are driving global economic growth, and youth nationwide are getting opportunities to develop an interest in science and gain STEM-related skills. At the Forum's North Carolina Center for After School Programs Annual Synergy Conference, we were able to begin this conversation with the STEM Coalition kickoff panel. In this two-part series, we will continue to discuss the importance of investing in STEM for youth as early as kindergarten. To talk about STEM, we have Sharonda Fleming from the North Carolina Center for After School Programs. Aerospace and defense, biotechnology and pharmaceuticals, business and financial services, food processing and manufacturing, information technology, and textiles. According to the North Carolina Department of Commerce, these are a few of the key industries in our state. What do they all have in common? Well, they can all be categorized as STEM careers with a focus in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Every day, we have a responsibility to the youth across North Carolina. As our future workforce, it's imperative that we prepare them for careers in these industries as they are the jobs of today and tomorrow. It is evident that jobs requiring STEM skills are growing, but there aren't enough qualified candidates to fill them. By 2025, more than 2 million STEM jobs will go unfilled nationally due to a lack of skilled candidates. In North Carolina, it is up to all of us to address and prevent this talent shortage. To do so will require a collective effort across sectors to ensure that all youth in North Carolina are exposed to and engaged in high quality STEM opportunities in school and out of school. All youth, especially girls and minorities, who are most often underrepresented in STEM careers, must be afforded opportunities to explore STEM careers, to boost their proficiency in math and science, to spark their curiosity, and to gain access to STEM role models. Not only are the thousands of youth statewide depending on us to do so, the future of North Carolina's economy is depending on us as well. Let's make a commitment to join forces. As program providers, educators, business leaders, elected officials, families, and communities. STEM is so much more than science, technology, engineering, and math. STEM is all around us. STEM is the future. STEM is North Carolina. Joining us now are Alfred Mays, Senior Program Officer at the Burroughs Welcome Fund, and Ron Ottinger, the Executive Director of STEM Next. Welcome. Thank you so much. We're so glad you're here. Why is it important to make investments in STEM that ultimately ensure that all our youth have exposure to high quality STEM? I mean, the, the, unfortunately, the needle hasn't moved much on getting uh, more of our kids into STEM fields um, and just getting more kids 
comfortable uh, with science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, so they can be better participants, you know, in all the decisions that are made locally and nationally. Uh, you know, the, the gaps uh, for women uh, are even larger. Uh, just for example, in engineering uh, for black and, uh, you know, Latino and Latina uh, uh, youth and, and the workforce, uh, it is uh, under 3%. Uh, for women. So it's, the numbers are still pretty stark. The good news uh, is that we've started to build the infrastructure and we now know the kinds of curriculum, we know the kinds of professional development and learning that are needed uh, to give our uh, teachers and our after school educators uh, what they need to work with kids. I would so, echo that, Ron, but I would also say that we all agree that we understand that the premise is that STEM is an essential key element to teaching and learning period. And we know that whether it's in formal school day instruction or out of school time and after school in an informal setting, that STEM is very important for the success of the educational experience, not only for the student, but also in terms of career exploration and having aspirations for uh, a STEM career. Um, from a funded perspective, we also see it as a great equalizer. We know that there are wealth and income disparities, and we think that STEM could actually fill the gap in terms of those disparities. And Ron, I know that STEM Next is launching the National Million Girls Moonshot Initiative very soon. And I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit more about this effort and the impact it can have on North Carolina? There are a number of facets to the Million Girls Moonshot Initiative that we think are unique, and we know you have to do a number of strategies at once if you're going to make a difference for girls in particular, but low-income girls and girls of, uh, of color uh, specifically. Uh, first and foremost, you have to start with an equity uh, and inclusion framework or lens. And you know, many organizations, while they work with low-income kids, uh, and they work with uh, a very diverse uh, group of kids, they don't always have that uh, in mind of what strategies actually work and what makes a difference uh, and what's culturally responsive. Secondly, you have to have the curriculum that works. Uh, and to develop an engineering mindset, it doesn't just happen in a one-shot uh, afternoon or weekend. North Carolina and NCCAP certainly is one of the leaders of, of the MOT networks nationally. And of course, uh, with Alfred's work and the work of uh, the Burroughs Welcome Fund and others in North Carolina, North Carolina is one of the leaders in STEM learning in school and after school uh, in the country. So uh, we really look to North Carolina to, to help us uh, pioneer and pave the way uh, for uh, you know, for the kinds of infrastructure needed to get quality STEM learning out uh, to programs. Uh, Million Girls Moonshot really evolved over our last six years of work. So this is a, a national 50 state effort really focused on trying to move the needle on the gender gap, uh, bringing in partners from uh, all sectors, from business, from higher ed, uh, from libraries and rec centers, uh, you know, to summer programs and to youth programs, funders, uh, and others. So Million Girls Moonshot will be launched <laughs> publicly and nationally uh, and within states on September 16th. Alfred, I know the Burroughs Welcome Fund is also a leader in STEM investments. And 
I wonder if you could share a little bit more about why STEM is such a huge priority for you. It's a huge priority. Even though the Girls Welcome Fund's primary mission is very much aligned with biomedical research in areas that are underfunded or undervalued, we know that the pipeline and the pathway to a STEM career is uh, important. And in order to attract and support uh, individuals moving down the biomedical research um, pipeline or pathway, we know that there are other STEM opportunities and other STEM careers that might be explored as a part of that process. So we seek to provide STEM supports in general, K-12, community college, uh, higher ed, all the way through graduate postdoc support, as well as early faculty positions. Uh, so based on that, uh, we dedicate a significant investment and a significant uh, amount of time uh, providing support for networks. And as Ron mentioned, uh, the folks who are on the front lines providing program design, professional development, uh, providing those early experiences all the way through advanced coursework uh, to be available on the progression and the continuum. So as a part of that full network, we know that the ecosystem, as we refer to it, is very much an important element. And we rely on partnerships and public-private um, partnerships to support not only from a funder's perspective, but from investments that have been made by the public, um, by business and industry, uh, and other organizations. So um, knowing that we have that wide variety of approaches to an end that seems to be pretty common with stakeholders, um, we value the fact that we're able to, to bring that kind of investment to STEM support. I'm wondering if you could both just share, and you reference this a little bit, why it's so important for all students, but in particular girls and our minority students to be engaged in STEM as early as kindergarten. Uh, we know from research uh, that uh, it's so critical that kids not only get inspired and motivated, but also be prepared. Uh, and so you need both. You need inspiration and motivation, and you need preparation. If you don't have both, kids will not succeed, particularly low-income kids and kids of color. Uh, you need family engagement. We know now from research uh, that if parents aren't encouraging, they don't have to know science, they don't have to know math, they have to encourage their daughters uh, to stay involved. And we know we need role models. We, that's what businesses can do best of all, is help bring their employees in to, to, to be role models for girls and for boys. I think filling in the gaps and the handoffs and the linkages are so important. We know that through primary and, and secondary and post-secondary, those transitions occur. And if we can create pathways that are seamless for those handoffs and for those structures to be in place to provide that support, uh, I think we'll see more girls and minorities uh, and, and a more diverse population within STEM. Uh, but also we, we have to have our, our girls and our underrepresented minorities actually see themselves in the profession and have strong examples and strong relationships with individuals who've navigated the STEM pipeline and become successful. Well, thank you both so much for being here today, but also for your significant investments within North Carolina and across the nation that ensure that our youth can be engaged in STEM. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. After the break, we will be back to share more about STEM. Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Town Bank, serving others, enriching lives. We are so pleased to have Kalia Braswell, founder and CEO of InTech Camp for Girls with us to discuss the value of access to STEM 
for youth, especially girls and minority students across North Carolina. Kalia, you founded InTech Camp for Girls, whose mission is to inform and inspire girls to innovate in technology. Could you tell us a little bit more about InTech and what influenced your decision to establish this organization? Sure. Um, InTech was founded in 2014 at UNC Charlotte that we had our first event. Um, I, I received a grant from the National Center for Women in Information Technology. And so I put a lot of energy into this one day event and that really was uh, the goal, right? Like, let's make it nice um, and have a good time. I didn't really have a vision beyond that day. The energy from the volunteers, from the students and their parents pretty much signaled to me that like, this is something that's needed. This is something that's wanted and we can't just stop here. Um, and I actually received an email after our event from a parent, like, you just changed a young girl's life in eight hours. And I was like, whoa, you know? Um, and so from there, we've pretty much um, just continued to do programming. And so our flagship event now is our uh, one week summer camp, which we host before coronavirus at UNC Charlotte and North Carolina State University, where I went to school. And so we bring the students there for five days. We teach them how to code in the morning. Um, and then in the afternoons, we actually take them to tech companies around the area. So they've gone to Red Hat, SAS, Lenovo, uh, Microsoft, we even do some stuff um, from a startup perspective for girls who may want to be an entrepreneur. And so just make it a jam-packed week and have a lot of fun. Uh, but by the end, they would have had a website built about a social issue of their choice. Um, and so that's the part that we love, right? That they are pouring into their projects. Um, and so they have this dynamic experience. Um, and this summer, we actually were able to still do our summer camps, but we did them via Zoom um, with girls all across the country. We opened it up this year. Um, and so we had a, an amazing response. Um, and you know, I grew up in Charlotte. Um, I was originally born in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. I grew up in Charlotte and I had a lot of tech opportunities. I went to Philip O'Berry Academy of Technology um, and I just had a lot of things that I was able to take advantage of. But now, like, I don't see as many of those opportunities. And so InTech is pretty much like my answer to that, right? To that gap and providing opportunities that I was able to benefit from. Um, as a high school student uh, in Charlotte. And so um, I'm really excited about what we have planned coming up too. There was a 2019 survey of employers that where 80% encountered challenges recruiting qualified job candidates. And among that group, three out of the four reported a skills gap among applicants. And I know that's something you're trying to do. So how can educators and program providers prepare youth for jobs of tomorrow, especially those in STEM? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, this is something that we're moving more towards now. Uh, I think it's it's uh, multifaceted, right? And so our middle school, our camps are for middle school girls, right? So we get them excited, get them hooked, get them interested, um, because there's research that shows that girls' interest in STEM drops off after middle school, right? Like I can relate. I got a C for the first time in, in science in middle school, and I was like, oh my god. Um, and so I think we have to. Um, introduce technology and STEM to them early. And then once they get to high school, what I would like to see and what I think needs to be done is more hands-on um, informal learning is what I like to call it, experiences where students can really sink their teeth in technology. Um, and then I actually would like to see paid experiences, right? Where we are actually training students and then in the summertime, they're actually able to get paid to do the work. Um, It'll help with economic gaps as well. 
And it'll also help them, you know, have buy-in to really want to learn. And just from our own experience, the girls that we get at Intech, uh, both in Raleigh and in Charlotte, like they can handle it, right? And so if we go ahead and train them early, like they're teaching their parents how to use the, the, the devices, right? Um, so if we go ahead and teach them how to use these skills early on, then I believe we can help um, shorten that, that skills gap and get them up to speed or, or sooner than rather than later. Thank you so much. And I know across North Carolina, access to resources and opportunities like those you described can vary based on one zip code. And how can we ensure that these disparities regarding STEM access in particular don't serve as a limitation of our youth? Yeah, I believe that we have to be intentional about the programs that we create and that we provide. Um, in Charlotte, you know, for a while we lived in the 28208 zip code. And if you're familiar with the area, it's still one of the most impacted um, zip codes by the digital divide, right? Um, and, you know, there's also research that shows if you were born and or lived in that area, um, you're born into poverty and that you won't get out, right? Uh, my story is different, right? Like I've gone, I worked at Apple in California, like I've gone to NC State, right? Like I have this narrative that I'm able to tell and it's because of the intentional programming that I was able to experience uh, both in middle and in high school, right? And I think um, a lot of the work that I do um, in my research now is around intersectionality. And I think we have to think about the entire experience of a student and not just group them, you know, by gender and or by race, right? We have to be very intentional. And that's what we do at Intech. Um, you know, we're not exclusive in our programming, but we're very intentional with uh, recruiting and getting Black and Latina girls and our staff and our speakers, right? Because now they're able to see, right, that that representation is very important. Um, but even when we think about now, right, a lot of students are at home. Um, Charlotte, for instance, they're raising $3 million to get Wi-Fi hotspots. Um, and because there's a shortage, students can't get online. They can't get on their Zoom for school. Um, and I think that's an issue that should be escalated at the state level. Um, and, you know, students should be able to have these, I feel like internet now is like a basic need, um, especially with the, the pandemic. And we have to be very intentional with making sure students have um, access to, to what they need and it can't fall on the families. So I'd love to ask you one final question, Clea, that is advice for school and district leaders in particular, but also teachers who might feel intimidated by how to make sure that we're providing these opportunities in school, but then also for our, those that lead our out-of-school programs. Do you just have any advice for them, especially those that are trying to figure out how to get started or how to do more? If you're a teacher, right, and you're like, I want to get my students exposed to STEM, there are so many professionals, especially now that we're all kind of at home, right, um, that would be more than willing to speak to your students, right? I think we underestimate the power of inspiration. I think we have to really understand what STEM is, right, and like what kind of constitutes as STEM. There's a Google Gallup survey that went around uh, for both principals and parents and students, right? And the parents, principals responded thinking that they had, they were offering technology experiences, but really the students were learning like keyboarding, right? That's not gonna get them that job that we talked about earlier um, in RTP, for instance, right? That's, that's not, and so um, I think there has to be some education involved for the leaders so that they can understand what this stuff actually means and the benefits for their students. 
um, so that they can, when they see that opportunity, then they can kind of sink their teeth in it and go full force. But if I'm a parent or a teacher, definitely don't be intimidated. There are a lot of resources that are also impactful, so. Well, thank you so much, Kalia. It's wonderful to have you with us today. And after our break, the final word. If you've spent any time around young children, you know that they ask a lot of questions. While research varies, it does show that the number of questions children ask increases from the time they learn to talk and peaks right around age four or five. Some estimates show that students ask almost 400 questions per day at that point. Interestingly, and of some concern, is that the number of questions asked decreases dramatically after age five and continues to decline until children ask very few questions each day. One thing we must consider is how do we encourage children to keep asking questions once they enter school. A University of Minnesota researcher named Paul Torrance began a study in 1958 to learn more about creativity in students. He showed 400 students a toy fire truck and asked them the following questions. How could you improve this toy to make it better and more fun to play with? Using a creativity index, the researchers rated each child's response. They then followed the participating children for the next 50 years and tracked every patent, every business owned, every grant earned, compositions, books, and career choices. They discovered that creativity was three times more likely to predict future success than a person's IQ score would. As I think about what our students need in and out of school, the data on questions and the importance of creativity align beautifully with the potential of exposure of STEM to support all students. As we reflect upon today's episode, it is imperative that as early as kindergarten, we continue to invest and expose youth to STEM. The investments in STEM, or science, technology, engineering, and mathematics education for youth has the potential to shift the trajectories of their lives by sparking passion and fueling imagination and creativity. This ultimately prepares them for jobs that may not exist yet or where minorities and girls are generally underrepresented. Despite this knowledge, there are disconnects along the STEM pipeline that begin in the K-12 education arena and extend to out-of-school time, higher education, and career pathways. It begs us to question what would happen if we filled the gaps within the pipeline and reinforced STEM in the lives of all youth, especially girls and minorities, no matter their position in the pipeline. Community and state leaders have the opportunity to work towards innovative solutions to promote inclusive STEM access and education. Business leaders can invest early on in STEM education by bringing students into the workplace to let kids see what STEM looks like and how taking an interest now can lead to a career down the road. This will show students that people who look like them can be and are in STEM fields. We need to equip everyone who has a hand in youth development and STEM with inclusive tools and strategies to prepare and create a diverse workforce. It is our job to help kids discover who they are and what they love to do through intentional investments in and exposure to STEM. We need to connect those at the end of the pipeline to those at the beginning of the pipeline. In order to prepare youth for future jobs, we have to provide them with opportunities to connect with mentors, explore career paths, and develop foundational skills like working in teams, communication, and problem solving. Today, STEM jobs are driving global economic growth 
and 7 million students nationwide are getting opportunities to develop an interest in science and gain STEM-related skills in after-school programs. Let's make sure to continue opening up this opportunity for every child, no matter what zip code. Thank you for taking time with us to learn and think about education. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.